It's the season two premiere of Ballin' with B Show. Everything you need to know, Rhode Island Rams basketball for the upcoming 2019-2020 season. Let's go. Welcome to Season 2 of Ballin' with B-Show. As always, I'm your host, Gavin B-Show. We have the Season 2 premiere tonight, and we're going to have a great time throughout the whole season and just covering roadie basketball. And we got a lot of stuff to go over. This is a whole off-season episode, first episode since my finale last season in March. It was more of a bracketology kind of thing than anything, but... We're going to get right into it. We're going to start with the roadie newcomers. Um, the newest additions to the team. And we're going to start with freshman, three-star, Makai Long, 6'7", 195 pounds, from Bryans Road, Maryland. A forward, one of the first, if not the first, recruit for David Cox in this 2019 class. Um, which shows that he can really... Um, Recruit down in that Maryland area, which he's very known for. Another freshman we got coming in, Greg Hammond. He's a combo guard. He can really shoot the three ball. He's 6'5", 200 pounds, three-star from New Orleans, Louisiana. And another freshman that we got who very happy with, Jacob Topin, brother of Obi Topin, the player of the year last year for the A-10, who was on Dayton. Um, the forward from Austin in New York, he's 6'7", 185 pounds. He's a forward but can shoot a little bit and does a lot like his older brother. Now, you also have a handful of transfers, um, one of them being Jeremy Shepard, shooting guard from the College of Central Florida, originally from Richmond, Virginia. He's 6'1", 165 pounds. He averaged 17.1 points a game last year at Central Florida, the College Central Florida, but he shot a 44.3% three-point percentage, four assists a game, and I think that's huge for the Rhode Island basketball team as, of course, last year's biggest struggle was three-point shooting, around 28%, one of the worst, if not the worst, in the NCAA. So it's um, great to get these three-point shooters. Also, DJ Johnson, he's a center when I researched, but he's 6'7", 185 pounds from Williston State College out of Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn, New York. 13.4 points a game, 8.9 rebounds, but a 43% three-point percentage. Again, huge for David Cox's team, and I think both him and Shepard are going to help big time with depth and three-point shooting, of course, which is badly needed for this URI basketball team. And, of course, don't forget about transfer Antoine Walker, power forward from Georgetown. 6'9", 230 pounds, absolute beast of a man they got there from the D.C. area. I think that's going to be huge, especially if someone backing up Cyril, someone to push Jermaine to work a little harder, someone on his tail. Um, and I think this creates depth. I think we can go 10 to 12 guys deep if we talk about the Ryan Rams basketball team. And I think it's um, one of the deepest teams we've had in quite a while. 
probably since that year with E.C. Matthews, Hassan Martin, Karan Iverson, and so on. So, the team consists of those newcomers, plus, of course, senior Jeff Doughton and forward Cyril Langevin, as well as junior Fats Russell, freshmen, who are now sophomore, Tyrese Martin, Dana Tate, and Jermaine Harris, and the walk-ons, both seniors, Jordan Green and Eric Datica. And I think I hit them all. Yeah. So that's this year's roster outlook. Ready for a big year for Rhodey, especially with a great schedule. I mean, this, this couldn't have been put any much better for this Rhodey team. A team that projected fourth in the A-10, which we'll talk about later. They need quality wins if they want to be a NCAA tournament team and a good seed in the tournament if they do end up making it. And I think they really did that with David Cox's crew with the scheduling of the non-conference and, of course, as well as some tough games in the A-10. So I'm looking at the Rhodey schedule right now. And the non-conference consists of Long Island at Maryland, which is number seven in the AP poll, big game. Homers, Alabama, who's going to have a bounce-back year, do pretty good in the SEC, top four or five team in the SEC conference. Nichols, North Texas, which is a um, pretty good mid-major team, good scheduling game. And then LSU, who's number 22 in the conference, uh, in the AP poll, rather. Um, Manhattan, West Virginia, PC, Western Kentucky, who is a very good mid-major team, especially this year. Um, they could be NCAA March Madness tourney dancing, and I wouldn't be surprised if they would. Middle Tennessee State and Brown. So the way I'm looking at it is the huge, the big stretch is when they play at West Virginia, home versus PC, and home versus Western Kentucky. Three very solid teams. And West Virginia was not that good last year. This year, I don't know if they can get any. They might be probably be a little better than last year with the roster they have. But winning at Morgantown is hard no matter what. They always have a great crowd there. They have a great fan base there in West Virginia. So that's going to be a hard game to win. Um, and the PC game, of course, the rivalry is huge especially for URI as they want to keep trying to give blows to PC, which hasn't been the biggest thing of the f past. Um, and then Western Kentucky is huge at home as well. And I look at it, if they can go 2-1 and one in those set of three games, that will be huge for the team and their confidence. I mean, of course I want that PC win and a home Western Kentucky win and, of course, a road win at Western Virginia. West Virginia, which would be huge for their resume. I don't know. I think they're going to drop one of them. I don't know which, but if they can go 2-1 and one or even 3-0, and oh, that would be very, very good. But now, you have, the hang you have Middle Tennessee State, Brown, Manhattan, and LIU. Those are games you have to win. Not even close. You can't lose those games at all. So four games where you really got to win and win convincingly with those types of teams. And then you have Maryland, a star-studded team, I think selected in the top, I don't know, top, maybe the second in the Big Ten. 
um, behind the Michigan State Spartans, who are supposed to be very, very talented with Cassius Winston in the backcourt. So, again, number seven team in the nation. You go on the road on a Saturday night. And uh, that's the, the thing I really am excited to see because this game is kind of like a second-round, third-round NCAA March Madness tournament. You're on the road. You're not expected to win at all. It's not even supposed to be close. I'm excited to see how they fare against a team like Maryland, um, especially on the road. So that's going to be an exciting game to watch just to see how the team plays less than winning or losing. Um, and then Alabama, top five team in the SEC. That's going to be huge. That game is going to be probably the biggest game, if not the PC game, Western Kentucky game, in the non-conference slate for URI. They're at home. They get their revenge game from two years ago where they did lose in Tuscaloosa. Uh, of course, that game was pushed back a year to fit in the West Virginia game. But, again, this game is probably, I think it's one of the biggest games in the non-conference schedule because it's a game where I generally think where they can win on, uh, at home against a very talented Alabama team. So that's going to be something to see. Nichols, North Texas, and LSU, number 22 in the AP poll, all in Montego Bay in Jamaica, part of the Jersey Mike's Jamaican Classic. If they can go 2-1 in that too, I think that would be pretty good. And, of course, it'd help if they beat Nichols and North Texas and toss one up against LSU, maybe give them a good fight, another solid team. Not as good as last year, but a solid, te- a solid team indeed there um and then that's that's non-conference slate pretty much big things bama that's gotta be a game that's be a huge game if you win that if you can go two and one against pc western kentucky and west virginia on the road again be a very good help to the resume good booster um not drop any games to liu manhattan middle tennessee state and brown so the way i'm looking at this if they can end up going um, nine and three. So of course a loss to Maryland, give a loss to LSU. Hopefully they don't lose. But if I'm just being like not serious, but if I'm being honest with myself, and then two and one against those three teams, I think that'd be huge for the team because that means they can get a couple wins against Bama, Western Kentucky, hopefully PC. So I mean, the non-conference has a lot, and I mean a lot of quality opponents on it, which means a lot of work for Rhodey in the non-conference slate. Move on to the A-10. Now, A-10's different this year. Usually there's been like the four teams, which it is this year, um, in the A-10 poll. It went VCU, Davidson, Dayton. And URI has home and homes with all of those teams, VCU, Davidson, and Dayton. VCU ranked number 25 in the AP poll preseason, which I think is big for the program over there in Virginia. But I think this could help Rhodey out as well, too. Winning a game against VCU will help the resume. Um, I put these games into different sections. So these Davidson and at Davidson, VCU and at VCU, Dayton and at Dayton. If they can go 3-3, three and three, which is a stretch, um, that would help out the team a bunch when it comes to A-10 seeding. Um, not just resume boosting, because that would help as well if they can win a couple road games against some tough opponents in the A-10. But when it comes to A-10 seeding, it's not where you have the 1, 2, 3, 4, maybe 5 or 6 seed and it falls off. There is a lot of teams that are fighting for the spot 
And this is where it comes to the next section of the league. You have Rhode Island. Then you have Richmond, St. Joe's, St. Bonaventure, Duquesne, and St. Louis. Um, all great teams vying for that fourth spot. Very predicted there, which I think is a good call. Just looking at their depth. Um, but, again, if they can go 4-2 and two against Richmond, St. Bonaventure, Duquesne, St. Louis, and at St. Joe's and home versus St. Joe's. If they can go 4-2 against those teams, I think they're going to have a pretty good chance of being that four seed or even higher. And then there's games like LaSalle at George Washington, at UMass, at Fordham. First UMass and at George Mason. Games where they're probably supposed to win, but, you know, you never know, might drop one. So I, I gave them, you know, they have to go 5-1. and one. And these are all um, marks that they hit. I see them making the four seed. So I see them going around 12-6 and six in 18, 8, 10 games, which is pretty good. Better than last year, of course, where they went 9-9. Nine and nine. So a three-game improvement in the 8-10 would be um, very, I mean, very good for this team. They would get a four seed, they get a bye. Something they did not get last year. They had to upset a couple teams to get to where they were. But, of course, the ending last year was tragic, but nevertheless. Um, now we're going to move on from Rhodey's schedule, which is, again, I love it. So, I think URI, if they can go 12-6 and six in the A-10, that'll give them a four seed, unless St. Bonaventure goes, does insane this year. I, I don't think everyone, of course, they have Lofton and Osuni, um, but I, I don't see them. They won a lot of games last year with them, but, again, I don't see them, how do I say this, performing. I think, I don't know, they new to the league. No one really knew what they were about. We knew Kyle, Kyle Lofton's a great player, and so is Oshan Oshuni. But I just don't think a couple players can defeat a, a team like URI, who has who's 10 to 12 players deep. So, yeah, 12 and 6, I think, will do it for the four seed. And I think that they can even go one, two, or three seed. I mean, the one seed is stretched with VCU up there. But they can shock, I think. They're a sleeper team in the A-10. They're one of the most underrated mid-major teams, I think, out there. Just because no one's really paying attention to them. They saw what happened last year. Oh, a couple lucky wins, a couple uh, wins here and there, a couple lucky shots that fall. And they are in the A-10 semifinals for the third straight year. Or fourth out of the fifth years. Five years. So. And I think this is a year where they can win 20 games. Which, again, would mean they win eight games but the way I see it, they, my real prediction is 21 and 9. 21 and 9 going to the A 10 tournament with a four seed in the A 10. That's my prediction. That's my thoughts on the Rhodey basketball team so far this year. Again, I have to see a couple games that might change, give or take a couple of games. But I think they can win 20 wins, if not 21, and get that record to a 21 and 9. It would be pretty big for this Rhodey team. Now we're going to transition to the A-10. Now the A-10 is unbelievably deep this year. Deeper than last year. Deeper than the year before that. They have VCU, Dayton, Davidson. Those teams have received votes in the AP Top 25 season poll. They are URI, of course. St. Bonaventure, Richmond with Gilliard and Grant Golden. A powerful duo in Richmond, Virginia. And then you have... St. Joe's with the 2-3 and the new coach Billy Lange after they fired 
Phil Martelli back in the offseason, which I was very surprised about. But yeah, there's a lot of solid teams here that can make the tourney. St. Bonaventure again, very solid squad. I think those two games against St. Joe's is going to be huge in the 8-10 for this URI team because St. Joe's plays a 2-3. URI has shown that they've struggled against a 2-3. Not because that they can't score on a 2-3. It just usually that 2-3 defense forces URI to shoot a lot of threes. And if they're making threes, they're going to win by 30. Um, a couple years back, they made 16 threes a game against St. Joe's. One by 30-plus points because they just made threes. That's what St. Joe's wants you to do. If you can make threes, good for you. If you can make threes, you're going to win the game. But what URI has, shown to, URI has shown to do, they've struggled as of lately in probably the last two or three years against St. Joe's because they couldn't execute and hit the three ball against St. Joe's. So I think we have two games against them. If they can split them, I think that would be um, very good for the Rhodey team. As St. Bonaventure, Richmond, they're going to be hard teams to fend off. Um, <clears throat> especially vying for that fourth seed. So the A-10 prediction standings, whatever you want to call it, came out. And it went URI, uh, VCU, Davidson, Dayton, URI, St. Bonaventure, Richmond, St. Louis, Duquesne, George Mason, LaSalle, Massachusetts, George Washington, St. Joe's, and Fordham. And St. Joe's is ranked 13th, but I, I think that they had a, a transfer went to actually go to PC. But again, they're always a team that can cause problems. So that's why I put that as a big game for URI to really show their three point shooting abilities. And today actually was media day for the A10, and they released. All-conference first team, John Axel Goodmanson, Davidson, Kellen Grady from Davidson, Obi Topin from Dayton, Cyril Langevin from Rhode Island, Jacob Gilliard from Richmond, and Marcus Evans from VCU. Of course, that Davidson team is still stacked. They have John Axel Goodmanson and Kellen Grady, both terrific players with a supporting cast of people like Frampton um, who can shoot the three and play big man in a post. So, Davidson, strong team. VCU... I don't want to say it, but I think we're their kryptonite. But over the well, before, um, you know, during that year with E.C. Matthews, Cron Iverson, Hassan Martin, that year, VCU always beat us by a little amount of points. Whether they're ranked, not ranked, on the road, until we got their number that February, and then ended up being them a ten championship. And ever since then, we've been, I think it's. Five and one against them ever since that game in February. Six and one in the last seven games against VCU. I think they're definitely a team that's beatable, especially for URI, as they've been, you know, working against the same system, basically, as well as the rest of the ATEM. Davidson, they are just a star studded team. If there's any team besides VCU that doesn't win it, it's got to be Davidson because they are just stacked and they are loaded and they are guns blazing. Um, with Bob McKillop over there in uh, North Carolina. Uh, Dayton, they're going to be very good this year. A lot of new faces. They got a lot of transfers. A great class of freshmen. Adding to, of course, Obi Topin. 
and if they can surround around him, they're going to have a very successful year. If they can give a good uh, supporting cast around Obi Topin, they're going to win a lot of basketball games this year, not in just in the A-10, but out of the A-10 non-conference games. So, that's really my A-10 wrap-up. Of course, Jeff Doughton was selected the second team, all A-10, and third team, A-10. Fats Russell was selected to. Antro was also selected to all defense team, which seems like Brody basketball players are bred by defense and their stout defense. And I think that it's just a continuing line of Brody centers slash forwards with Sam Martin and then you have Cyril Andrine. So I think it just runs in the system. Um, we're going to move on now from Brody in the A-10 to more to the Power 5. Um, which I did at the end of most, I think all, episodes last season. And we're going to start with the conference that was very, very competitive last year in the SEC, where you had LSU and Tennessee leading the way with Kentucky trailing. But this year, I think we're going to switch it up. Uh, Kentucky, very good. You know, they've got a lot of... They have a couple lottery picks on that team <clears throat> with uh, Tyrese Maxey and Khalil Whitney, but they are a John Calipari star-studded team that seriously can make it to the Final Four. Um, but there's one team I'm counting in. It's probably the Kentucky Wildcats. They are super strong this year, and I don't know if anyone can stop them in the SEC, but if there's one team, I, I, I don't know. It could be the Florida Gators. But LSU, also a very good team. Probably not even going to be as good as last year, but they have solid players on that team. They got they have people who can do everything. They have people who can rebound, people who can score, um, people who can pass the rock, you know what I mean? So they're an overall great team, and I think it's going to be hard for New Ride to defeat them just because how diverse they are, but we'll see. Then also Alabama up there is a very good team in the SEC. And they finished ninth last year in the SEC. But this year's going to be different. They got Nate Oates as a coach, which I feel for you Buffalo fans. It sucks. and But you got to move on and take the positives out of the negatives and play basketball. So Nate Oates, who left after signing a contract extension with Buffalo, he's got... Some pretty good players, and uh, Keir Lewis Jr., John Petty, Herbert Jones, Gallon Smith. They all have had seen some type of experience, and they got a they got, of course, James Bolden from grad transfer from West Virginia. Also, a very good player out there, and I think those are the teams that are really contending for the SEC championship. And then, of course, you have Auburn, who I forgot about, and. I, I don't know. They lost two, their two best players to the NBA, and I don't know. I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna still, you know, I think blow up and surprise people, but not as nearly as they did last year. Um, that's what I got so far for the SEC. Move on to the Big Ten, of course. Michigan State with Cassius Winston out there, Xavier Tillman, 
Joshua Langford coming back from injury. I just think this is going to be a very solid team. And if I were to make a Final Four, Michigan State would be in it if I were to predict a Final Four, just how strong they are. But they can be contended with with a team from Maryland and the Terrapins. This is probably the best team they've had in a while. Last year, they were one of the very... They're the young, one of the youngest teams last year, and they need some of these sophomores to make a leap. I mean, last year they won 23 games with their young team, and I think if they can grow as players, if they have over the offseason, they could be um, a threat to Michigan State Big Ten title. But all in all, I think, Michigan State has this one wrapped up in the Big Ten. Of course, Ohio State, very good. They've performed um, under Holtman, their coach, so far in the last two years. They have very talented roster. I think they can maybe grab a Big Ten championship. But then again, I think Michigan State is way too good. Purdue's good. Michigan's good. Wisconsin's pretty solid. If I, if I were to pick a Big Ten champion as now, it would definitely be Michigan State and Tom and his crew over there, uh, very solid, hard to even go against. So we'll move on to the Big 12, a team that we saw in Kansas always dominating, did not really step up to the plate. Teams like Iowa State, Kansas State really just shut them down when it came to um, games against them. They, you know... Don't really bring, they didn't really bring that same amount of energy. But Kansas is, I think, going to be back and ready to, to go because they've got a very good team. They have uh, Azubuki back as he was on injury last year. He's out for the year. Um, and around January, I think he got injured. Um, Devin Dotson, Sylvia D'Souza, I, I don't see how. Bill Self can lose back-to-back Big 12 titles, but I just think that last year was kind of a year where it was a definite down year, and they have their players back, they got experience, and they're going to run the Big 12, I think. But, again, Texas Tech made to the Final Four last year. Very good team, I forgot to mention earlier. They lost... Good players in Culver and Nat Mooney. But they do have David Moretti, who shoots very well from the three-pointer. Um, good three-pointer. From the floor, he's tremendous. And free throw line, he's almost perfect. Um, they did get top 50 recruit and a grad transfer from Virginia Tech and Chris Clark. So, they're still going to be pretty solid this year. Not good as last year. I don't think they can make a Final final Four push. But you never know. And then, next in there is Baylor. Tough team from last year. Iowa State as well. And that's it, pretty much, for the Big 12. Move on to the ACC. A conference that's always been top-notch, but can be threatened by some other conferences. Of course, you got Duke 
Yeah, Trey Jones. Cashman, Cassius Stanley, uh, Alex O'Connell, a junior. I think that they're going to be a very solid team. They do play UNC twice, of course. They play Notre Dame at home. I don't know. I think, again, I think they're going to run it. Um, to be completely honest, in the ACC, but UNC is also a threat <clears throat> with Cole Anthony and there is the freshman number four in the uh, country. Christian Keeling, grad transfer, is also big. And then Virginia with a lot of people leaving, but they got back Braxton Key. They got another top, they got a top 50 recruit. Again, people who haven't really produced as much since they lost, like Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, Ty Jerome, big names. But I think if they can step up, they can be pretty solid in the ACC and contend for a title. But I think Duke has that locked up in the bag. And there's Louisville, NC State, Florida State, probably somewhere in the middle of the pack. And then we move on to my favorite conference, the Pac-12. Yay. So I think I think Washington is gonna repeat and win the Pac-12. Not that I'm so excited about it, cause really, oh boy. And then there's Colorado. Colorado's I think gonna do pretty good this year. They were somewhere in the middle of the pack, I think fourth or fifth last year. And again, I don't really like the Pac-12, but. I think Colorado's a solid team as well. And then Arizona, Oregon, Arizona State, all in that mix for three through five. I really am just killing myself talking about these teams. It really just, I just hate it. Let's move on. Let's move on to the released top 25 poll from the AP couple days ago for college basketball. Of course, n number one in Michigan State, number two in Kentucky, three Kansas, four Duke, five Louisville, six Florida, seven Maryland, eight Gonzaga, nine North Carolina, ten Villanova, eleven Virginia, twelve Seton Hall. Part of a very good Big East conference this year. Thirteen Texas Tech, fourteen Memphis, fifteen Oregon, 16, Baylor, 17, Utah State, Ohio State at 18, Xavier at 19, 20, St. Mary's, 21, Arizona, 22, LSU, 23, Purdue, 24, Auburn, and 25, ECU. Now, even though Oregon's up here and Washington's not, I don't think that, I think, I just have a gut feeling Washington's going to do pretty solid this year in the Pac-12 alone. So I think they can win that Pac-12 pretty close with Oregon. And if not, Colorado, both solid teams. The Pac-12 is going to be good this year, and that's what I'm excited about. We actually have a fifth conference to go over, not just blow by. West team losing to the worst team, and the middle teams losing to each other, and the second best team losing to the second worst team. So it should be somewhat exciting and ready for a different setting this year. And I think I've covered it all from newcomers to the schedule 
and my predictions about the A10 and my thoughts and the Power 5 and the AB Top 25 poll. That's going to wrap it up for tonight of the Season 2 premiere of Ball with B-Show. Again, Rowie does have a scrimmage on Saturday the 26th against Rick at home. Not really a big game because it's a scrimmage, but I'm pretty sure there's some type of charity or cause of the game, which is pretty cool in itself. And I think that's going to be it for me today. Um, I think I touched it all. Uh, stay tuned for next Thursday's episode. Uh, get ready for the season opener against LIU. Thank you for listening, if you stayed all the way. And as always, roadie, roadie, roadie.